In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you know, obviously we, we chatted there in Washington a few months ago, but glad to reconnect and, you know, talk about some more baseball. Yeah, let's do it. And, and plus I said, I can't wait. I'm going to ship. What colors do you want? So we have all kinds of colors. Now I would suggest, so the nationals are red. We have red with mm-hmm. white letters. We have white with red letters. You guys have some blue, sort of. I don't know. What like do you navy want? Blue. Navy blue. What do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What, what, if I'm going to – I am going to ship down a bunch of baseballs and boring T-shirts for you to yeah. distribute, okay? Absolutely. All right? Let's do, let's do red and white because um, everyone loves that. It, it works perfectly for pregame. And if you have like, do you have like navies that you're putting out? We can, we can, we can do that. We can make it happen. So yeah, if you throw some navies in there, I'm sure the guys would swipe them up. The clubbies put them out on the uh, oh, one of the desks. This is this is one of the this is one of the dirty little secrets of baseball teams. Yeah, if you put a t-shirt on a chair, oh, there yeah. is what what percent of a chance is that they're going to wear the players are going to wear those for at least like a couple weeks, but like eighty five percent. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I uh, so I went to the All Star game obviously this year, and I brought back I can't even remember how many T shirts, but we distributed one to each player. So let's say we had thirty guys in the clubhouse, maybe gave one to all the coaches, all the training staff. Everyone had one. I had probably fifty extras. It was crazy. The clubbies put them out one day just because I was like, yo. I need these out of my locker. Like, please put these out. I show up at 2.30 p.m. because I think I was pitching that day. They were all gone. And I was like, <laughs> that's that's baseball. Like, those shirts go so quickly. And it could be nothing. And guys are just like, I need this. It's crazy. It's like literally, I obviously, you know, most baseball players make millions of dollars. But if I give a guy a T-shirt, I remember the guy that jumps to me bizarrely is Adam Ottavino. So I do, you know, interview with Adam. Mm-hmm. And then and so we did the interview. Nice guy. Knew him a little bit. And and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then he's walking by in the clubhouse. I was like, oh, by the way, Adam, like I have a T-shirt. And it was like I had given him like a, 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 a tiny contract. It was it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And then, yeah. and then, but the biggest thing is. But if I do this, you don't have to promise, but maybe if you could do this favor, just one mm-hmm. time for a post-game press conference, wear it. That's all we want. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, which why would not? You, oh, which would you? Because Rich Hill has professed, he's like, the hats, that's what people wear. Which would you wear more in the post-game press conference, a, a hat mm-hmm. or a, a T-shirt? T-shirt for sure. All right. We're just, all right. We're just – this is all important yeah. offseason stuff. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, as the people are listening to this, it is one week from your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. 
I appreciate it. December 21st. December yes. 21st. Yeah. Who says I don't do research? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So that is the, that is, was that a tough one? Like the Christmas birthdays, man. Uh, it wasn't that tough. Like you're saying growing up with gifts and yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, 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 did you, like, how did, did the parents, did they try to merge, you know, like the, like, As hey, I, hey, you get flat. Hey, you know what? You get flashcards for December 25th. Cause we already give you your presents on December 21st. <laughs> no. When I was like really young, we would do double gifts. So today I got like a, a video game and like a toy or something. But as I got older, like, and I'm talking, you know, middle school on, it was like, okay, like we're not getting you this anymore. Like you want something, we'll get it kind of combined both. Um, and that's how it was. So um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed having my birthday around Christmas because I get to celebrate that, my birthday first and then Christmas. So it's always fun. It's This is the sweet. And, you know, listen, if you did it in the baseball season, it'd be too much. It's, it's yeah. right. So yeah. what, so what are you, what are you getting? What's, what do you, what are you getting? What are you doing this year? Anything good? Uh, so this year birthday, my girlfriend and I were going to a concert, Travis Scott. Um, if you know who he is, he's like, I get it. I get it. Like I, I, yes, I know who Travis Scott, <laughs> Okay, that, that might've been the most insulting thing that you've ever said to me. So, <laughs> Um, so we're going to a Travis Scott concert on, uh, my birthday in New York city. So we're going to fly back up. And then for Christmas, we're just going to spend Christmas at her house. Um, all our family gets together and it's a fun time. So, uh, we'll do, we'll have some fun. Did you, are you, listen, you're an all-star, you're a major league player. Can you parlay any of that? Maybe not for like free ticket or maybe for free tickets, a little bit better <laughs> tickets. Can you? You got any connections? Uh, I have a few. So I'm a big Ravens fan. Um, Mainly the reason why I'm a big Ravens fan is playing Madden as a kid. Uh, Ray Lewis was on the cover of Madden and really enjoyed playing with them. So as I, you know, worked my ranks up through baseball, got to D.C., and I was like, the Ravens are an hour up the road. Why don't I try to go to a Ravens game? So I went to my first Ravens game in person in 2021 and in the process of like meeting certain people and working with certain people, I met their GM and one of his special assistants. And through them, I've, you know, had the most ultimate connection I could ever dream of with like the Ravens. So that's my main connection um, in like the, the sports world is like, I can go to their games Whenever I want, obviously you don't want to overuse it, but it's like it's just a it's a such such a cool feeling. Oh, it's so it's so. How many games have you been to? So in 2021, I went to one. Last year in 2022, I went to two. Uh, they played in New York, and they I went to a game. They played in Baltimore against the Steelers, and then this year I went to a game a few weeks ago when they played the Bengals uh, with a couple of my buddies, my brother. And then my girlfriend and I were going to a game uh, this Sunday when they play the the Jaguars down here in, in Florida. So um, two a year, if not more. Well, listen, 
the Malik Cunningham era has begun in, with the Ravens. <laughs> not, a, not every team has four quarterbacks. There you go. So yes, yes, I know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, very good show prep. And by the way, like I still can't believe that you said, "Do you know who Travis Scott is?" Let me just tell you. <laughs> What's his name? NLE Choppa. You know him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just tell you something. All right. Me and him are tight. Oh yeah. We sat. I sat with his with his crew on a plane once. And oh yeah, and then like wow. then then we then we no pun intended chopped it up at the baggage claim. So wow, it's like yeah, like I'm sure they were like be nice to the nice elderly person, but it was <laughs> it was it was classic because and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but it was like mm-hmm. it was almost a cliche because at least one person from the entourage had to get kicked off the plane. So oh, they shit. so they filled the quote, but it was it was great, man. Like it was like I had a great conversation with with all of all of them. So yeah, that's my connection. And and I, that's I so cool. I, when I say that's my connection, I have zero connections. You know how I know that because the guy, his buddy, who I was sitting next to for the entire flight, this was going mm-hmm. from Houston to L.A. Mm-hmm. I tried to we 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 followed each other and everything else and. And then Kenley Jansen had decided that his his walking music was potentially one of his songs. So I oh. said, all right, we got to, can I get, you know, Choppa and Kenley on the same podcast? That would be awesome. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> like oh. Kenley, yeah. Dare <laughs> to dream. Do you know who Eddie oh, Vedder is? Do you know cool. who Eddie Vedder is? Eddie Vedder. No, oh. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Vedder. You know Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Yes. Why is that so familiar? Because they're um, like the, one of the biggest bands of all time. So Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Eddie Vedder is uh Eddie Vedder is uh the lead singer. So so I'm just I'm throwing it back at you. Yeah, you got me. You stumped me there. Well, in fairness, <laughs> so this is a, I'm story time. Hold on. I'm just bear with me. Um no Mookie Be- so Pearl Jam was originally called Mookie Blaylock. That was the original band's oh. name. Mookie Blaylock was a former basketball player. And, okay. and I believe Mookie Betts was named after Mookie Blaylock. So when Mookie Betts was asked, do you know who Pearl Jam is? He had no idea. So don't feel oh. bad. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm here I'm here to educate, enlighten, and inform. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Well, okay. So I I'm bearing the lead here. I didn't tell you this, but Here's the thing. You are officially named the Baseball Isn't Boring Breakout Pitcher of the Year for 2024. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it makes me feel good. Thank you. We, we don't give that to just anybody. That we have, we have taken a deep dive into all things Josiah Gray, and oh, yeah. we believe in you. So Thank just you. wear that wear that with pride every time you feel a little low. Understand that we have you we have your back at every turn. So <laughs> Joe Joe Kelly is the godfather to this because he came up with baseballs and boring. Of course. You are our, our breakout pitcher of the year for 2024. So, awesome. Thank you guys. Thank well, you, Joe. Thank yeah, you, Rob. There you go. <laughs> Joe doesn't know yet, but I'll let him know. Oh, let him know. Tell him I said hello. Because we were in L.A. for 
um, a few seasons together. So we we chopped it up a few times. So you know the whole thing about his number, right? I saw the whole reveal. I thought that was. Did, did you see Ashley's reveal? <laughs> Wasn't that great? Yeah, I was like, that's amazing. I was like, that is like so incredibly creative. Like, I loved it. I hope everyone loved it because I was. I thought that was amazing. So Joe came on. This is about three weeks ago. Joe came on the podcast, and I said to him, "What happens if Otani signs with the Dodgers and you sign with the Dodgers? Would you give me your number?" And he's like, "No, I got eleven years in." He's like, "Half." I say, like, "Well, what would it take?" There's always a price. He's like, "Either a really nice car, or one eighth of his contractor bill because he was building a new house." So, Whoa. yeah. But think about it. If and and I guess the Dodgers had reached out to just sort of get the temperature before about the number. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even like the Do- like come on, like, the Dodgers will pay for the house, the car, like yeah, you know they'll fi- they'll figure it out. I'm I'm sure they'll Shohei will get him something nice to you know to say thank you. I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Well, by the way, I, as I was texting with Ashley Kelly yesterday, holy mackerel, worldwide. The amount of she said like fifteen, fifteen to twenty Japanese news outlets try to get in touch with her today. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we also had on Evan Phillips, who gave the best. He gave the Shohei Itani like uh, the blueprint for playing at Dodger Stadium, right? Yeah. And the he traffic. said, "Well, he said some coffee shop, and I, I forget what it was. Where, where do you where do you live when you were playing there?" I was in, oh man, we we're in the hotel in Pasadena. Okay, I want to say was it wasn't yeah. the drive wasn't that bad? No, it was like twenty minutes, but it was like a lot of like twists and turns. And I remember I carpooled with um, Zach Rex and Alex Vesia. They were my two closer friends um, at the time, and they were like, "All right, you come with us." And he's just like. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And we got there. I was like, that was crazy. <laughs> he Just said, like, go ahead. In 2020, when we were at the alternate site, you know how they had um, the little summer camp for a few weeks. So yeah. I would go to the stadium and I was living in downtown L.A. And that was an easy drive. That was 10 minutes, if that. And obviously you get back up to the big leagues the next year and it was just a completely different drive. <laughs> he said, he said things like, take the stairs when you get there because it shaves off five minutes because the elevator is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said, there's like a hallway where people go down to sit alone where there's Ooh. like desks. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you're moving on. You've got a nicer stadium. Um, <laughs> worst press box. But nicest stadium uh, with a national. Not that you can. I'm sure you guys. I've, I've never seen the press box. That's the first thing I'm hearing about it. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's just it's fine, but it's high up. It's literally yeah. it's top of the stadium. It's like watching a video game. Like I'm yeah. not going to pretend. So I at that at that game, I was doing the broadcast, a radio broadcast. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to pretend like I knew what pitches were being thrown. Like just you know so. And things, things uh, that you don't care about. But here's the thing, Josiah. 
the, I, we don't just throw around breakout pitcher of 2024 forever for no reason. I'm going to give you some numbers that are going to make you feel great. Okay. All right. I love that. These are all hitters that these, I I picked some of the best hitters in baseball to see how you did against them. Do you feel like you've done well against good hitters? I feel like I've done decently well. Okay. Uh, I feel like there are some I've struggled with, but I feel like I've done okay. All I know is that I get a list of, excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven guys. All of them are among the best hitters in baseball. Here we go. Ready? Feel, this is my my birthday present to you. (laughs) This is going to make you feel so good. (laughs) Austin Riley, two for 15. Wow. Tell me if any of these shock you, okay? You're not crapping on the play. It's reality, right? <laughs> Just if they're like, oh, I didn't know I was that good. Acuna, one for nine. Nice. Matt Olson, two for eight. Nice. Adley, Adley Rushman, 0 for six. Mike Trout. What do you think Mike Trout is? Oh, man. I don't think he's got a hit against me yet. Oh, 0 for five. What? Freddie Freeman, <laughs> 0 for seven. Wow. Oh, man. Shohei Tani, <laughs> one for six. Here's a good one. Yeah. This Francisco is really Lindor, you, like, you're like, you're like, I know. I, 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 uh, oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> 0 for 11. Yeah. That was, yeah. So, Nolan Arenado, 0 for 8. Oh, and yeah. here's a couple 0 for 3s, but okay. both with two strikeouts. You have oh, okay. struck him out two out of the three times you faced him. Aaron Judge and Adolis Garcia. Yep. Not bad. How can you <laughs> not pick you for the breakout pitcher of the year? Yeah, that that's evidence right there. Oh man. What surprises wow. you about those? Anything? Um, so I knew I've done well against Riley and Lindor, but I didn't know the numbers mm-hmm. attached to it. And then, like, all the other ones, like the Freddie Freeman. But I only faced him seven times, I think you said. Seven, yeah, over seven. Um, but I've I've pitched against the Braves so many times since I got called up. So it, it's just like, wow. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew about a little of those. But that that's, that's going to keep me, like, on a high every start. I mean, like, I'm not even – I'm not, not even joking. Like, why – do you want me to – I'll print that up for you. <laughs> but I feel like honestly, like I was, I don't know why I was just sort of wanted to go through some of the guys you faced and like, wait, there's a trend here. What in yeah. this play amateur psychologist? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why do you, because here's, I'll give you an example while you're thinking of that is that mm-hmm. there was a pitcher back, uh, Daisuke Masazaka. Who, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know. Again, we're, we're we're bouncing around with ages and generations. Yeah. So Daisuke, when he came up, he absolutely owned cleanup hitters. Like the numbers mm. against cleanup hitters were crazy good, and yeah. he struggled against number nine hitters. So oh. there's to me there's some reason for that, right? So there has to. Yeah. Be. So anyway, when you're going through this, looking, is there anything that you feel like, huh? that mindset or anything? No, I mean, 
kind of like, yeah, it's like, I guess you just rise to the moment when you're facing those guys. And it's not that you're, you're taking, you know, attention off of the other guys, but it's like when Aaron judge steps into the, to the box, you're like, you gotta be on your game, but also like same with trout, same with Otani. So it doesn't surprise me, but it, it, like, if you have success against those guys, you would think it would be correlated with success against, you know, your seven, eight, nine hitters. But baseball is just a funny game. So, um, yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. Yeah, well, listen, it's not like you were bad against other hitters. You were good. You were an all-star. You had a good year. Yeah. You're going to be Absolutely. even better. I know it. Yeah. Um, and here's what I'm going to build you up. All you also know the last four starts you had a two nine five ERA. So we also met, you felt good at the end of the year, correct? Oh, great! Felt great. Really? Skipped a start, had to skip a start. Um, late in September, I was just gassed, but came back three in a row, really good, and ended on a strong note. Here's a here's a cliche question. So, what are you doing different this off season? Anything? Honestly, just getting stronger. Um, you know, as I've seen through the years, like I've just uh, like strength is a big part of, you know, what we do as pitchers and in those dog days or even, you know, as you're building up to spring training, you want to feel ready to go from day one. So for me, it's really getting stronger, um, obviously focusing on pitching things as well. But goal number one, get stronger so I can feel good throughout a whole you know, six, seven month season and, um, you know, make every start with no issue and um, build on from there. I mean, was that eye opening this year? Like, yeah. 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 Cause it, it was the first year where there was, I guess you can say, like, no delay with spring training. Um, it was a full year. Um, you know, obviously had the all star game with, um, obviously, a lot more travel with a full full schedule. So yeah, it, it it's definitely um, eye opening to like, man, I got to really prioritize like strength right now, and then in season maintaining that strength while also you know making sure my days in between starts I'm tailoring my workload so I can peak on every fifth sixth day to be you know the best pitcher I can be. But can I tell you that? That I don't know if you were tired, but you didn't lose your mentality. I'll give you another stat: you didn't give up a run mm-hmm. in the seventh inning all year. I think you pitched in, uh, I don't know, six times or something like that. But you didn't mm-hmm. give up a run in the sixth, seventh inning. Yeah. And I, we've had this conversation a lot with a lot of people about that dynamic, about you know how the expectation. I, and who was it? Brian Bannister, who's with the White Sox now, came on and said mm-hmm. that I I had surmised this, and he agreed with it. Which is when pitchers get to the major leagues, it's almost like wait, what, what, what? Wait a second, you want me to pitch the third time through the order? Wait, what? You want me to pitch the seventh inning? Because the you know in the minor leagues, you certainly aren't being asked. You're being almost baby to a certain degree, and then even the mm-hmm. major leagues, it's okay, you know. What you know? I who's going to be allowed unless you're a Scherzer or a Verlander or someone? You're almost not going to mm-hmm. be allowed to do it a lot of times. And he agreed. He's like, we got to change our mindset in the minor leagues. Uh, do you yeah. do you agree with that that sort of way of thinking? 
Absolutely. I think, you know, from my experience in the minor leagues, you know, obviously had a great time coming up with um, Cincinnati and, and L.A. But, yeah, there, there's a lot of, like, it's all scheduled. You know, it's not so much, like, in the big leagues, it's, it's you're winning, every, you want to win every game. You know, you want your starter to go six, seven plus, because when they do that, you have a good chance to win. In the minor leagues, it's like, okay, like, great. Like, you gave us six innings, like, we're not, they might not prioritize that. You know, they want to look at other right. other aspects of your outings. When it's like the big leagues, you go six, seven innings, you know, you're getting a pound from all your teammates. If you're going that long, you probably did well, you know, run-wise, ERA-wise, all that stuff as well. So that's like the two differences. It's like the big leagues, you know, it's all about winning. It's all about keeping yeah. their team in the game. Minor leagues is AEU. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, you know, everyone wants to do well for your buddies and your teammates and your team that you're on all year. But the, the percentage is more than 50%. You're, you have to play for yourself. You do. That's yeah. what it is. And, 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 the, and the organization treats it that way, too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just like that stat because I, I think yeah. that everyone freaks out when someone goes in the seventh inning. Well, don't freak out when you go in the seventh inning. If you don't give up <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, you have less and less complete games nowadays. And I don't know if we're ever going to see that change. You know, I think with the way pitching is now and baseball is now with high octane offenses, you know, everyone's trying to take you out the park. Everyone's stalling harder. Bullpens are getting better. I don't know if we'll see that change of like a guy throwing 250 innings with four or five complete games just because the game has changed. The, what's have you talked along those lines? You know, obviously you guys have had some turnover with the coaches and stuff. What has been, what has there been a, a different messaging? You guys had some good runs last year, but have you had some, different messaging with new coaches with has there been a different messaging, I guess, in this off season than years past? Uh, honestly, it's remained the same. You know, it's, we know we have this younger team with the right veterans in place. It's about showing up every day, getting ready to work from spring training on, you know, last year or this year um, in spring training, you know, that was the message from day one. And we, I know people don't look into spring training records or anything like that, but we played really good ball in spring training and it kept things positive. And obviously we didn't come out the gate how we wanted to, you know, we, we dropped the first two series. We went on the road and um, didn't play well. So, you know, you look up, it's the end of April and we're like, what happened? So that kind of caught up to us to where, you know, we weren't, I guess, ready early, but then as the year progressed, we played better and better baseball. So I would say the message is going to remain the same, like continue to play baseball well in spring training. Everyone developed the way they need to, but we got to come out the gate hot. Like I I actually said this in a, in a press game conference, post game conference. um, Like it's not that people are going to roll over and say, Hey, the nationals are, they have to win more games this year. Like, no, we have to do that with ourselves. So, um, yeah, come out the gates hot in April 
and ride that through the dog days to the end of September and see where we're at. at I I tell you what, man, like it's spring training. I've, I usually, because I have to do a lot of radio broadcasts. I, I, I see a lot of spring training games. Here comes big number 97 in the seventh inning with no name (laughs) on the back. And everyone (laughs) freaks out back home about, Oh, well this team's record or just how I like for me, it's all about the last week. Are you playing well? Like that's that's what it is. It's it's it's. I've seen teams, really good teams, not playing well heading into the year, and they get off to slow starts. It's mm-hmm. it's that's it. I don't care about stats. I don't just play well. Don't make errors. Yeah. Pitch pretty yeah. well. That's it. That's all it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to spring training next year and just seeing you know the vibe and, you know, cause I know a lot of guys are going to still have that like taste in the mouth of like, Hey, we played really good baseball from <clears throat> June on. Obviously everyone knows what we did, you know, post all-star break. But I think even before the all-star break, you know, we were starting to, we took a series from Texas. We took a, um, a couple games from some other teams and we were playing well. So um, I know guys are going to have that taste in their mouth of like, we have a good team. Now let's just take that step forward early and let's see what we're doing. You know, keep doing our progress checks and, and see where we're at at the end of the year. You do have a good team. Yeah, I mean, you do. I, I think so. And uh, I want to come back to you said about your year, the All-Star game. Uh, what was the uh, – I don't know. I, what was the coolest part of that? Looking back, what was the coolest thing? What was the thing 10 years from now? Like, ah, I did that. that was cool. So many cool things. But I think the number one was kind of how you get there or you get in the clubhouse. And, you know, for me, I didn't know many guys. Obviously, I played against a bunch of them. But, you know, you walk up, you introduce yourself. And guys are like more than like – welcome to to meet you and, and give you a compliment and like, hey, you got good stuff or, hey, I saw your game the other day. Good, good job. You pitched against us. And that was like one of the most fulfilling parts of like, this is, you know, a five-time All-Star telling me like, hey, yeah. I, I, you have really good stuff. Like, okay. Like, I really appreciate that. So that was probably the coolest part is just being in the clubhouse and kind of there being a mutual like respect and a mutual like admiration for everyone in the room to where you're like, I belong here. It, it's almost as good as me giving you those numbers. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, but, but seriously, I've seen guys where you're like, where you use that gives you this sort of confidence. Like I said, I jokingly said, I gave you just now, but that gives you the confidence. Like, all right. It, it, maybe there's that little bit in your mind of doubt. And when you mm-hmm. have a bunch of all-stars coming up to you and saying, man, you're good. <laughs> it's worth <laughs> yeah, the trip it, Seattle. Yeah. It's worth the trip. It makes you feel good. Um, it's just like another like tool in your belt when, you know, things are, you know, not going your way. You're, you can remind yourself like this is some evidence, you know, some positive reinforcement I can use to, you know, help me get through the tough times. And um, that was, that was really, really cool. All right. Well, we're, again, we're continuing to prop you up. Um, 
Did you recruit Otani when you were there? Did you try? Just say, hey, listen, I don't know if you know this, but there's some great museums in our town. There's some great museums. I did not. Uh, so the AL team obviously was in the other clubhouse, and um, we really didn't cross paths with anyone on their right. team, um, sadly. All right. Well, I feel like everyone else was. So maybe <laughs> maybe you went out of your way. Uh, yeah. Along those lines, I would be remiss in asking you about, like, you used to be a, a shortstop position player. Shortstop, yep. Yeah. yep. So, this is, this is a fun game. <laughs> this is, this is um, before I ask you the, the, again, it is a cliche question of, like, everybody who has played both sides of the ball, is there going to be any player to ever do it again? I talked to your teammate. You know who I'm going to talk to? Who, who am I saying? Who did I talk to uh, on your team that has done this? Oh, man. No, who didn't do it, but who, who used to be a position player is now a pitcher. I know, I know Tanner Rainey. Jordan Weems. Oh, Weems as well. Okay. Tanner did it in college. Weems obviously did it in the market. Yeah, Weems okay. was a catcher. He was one foot out the door. The next thing you know, he's blowing people away. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So before I ask you about that dynamic, can it ever happen and will you be the next Otani? Um, Can you tell me, can you tell me, you have one hit in Major League Baseball. Yeah. You were one for 22. So maybe you're not the best person to ask the Otani question, (laughs) but I'm still going to ask you. Uh, Who was the hit against? I'll always remember this. This is Jose Barrios. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what type of hit was it? It was a – oh, man, he jammed me pretty good on the sinker, and I, like, dunked it over second base. And I was like, no way that just got in. Um, it was – oh, man, it was so cool. <laughs> it, it was – ultimately, like I said, one for 22 was was hitting harder than you thought it would be. Yes. When, yeah, it was hit. It was harder. So, so my debut, um, you know, I'm facing the Giants. So I'm debuting for L.A. And I'm facing Alex Wood. And I'm like, man, I like Alex Wood. Like, I can't hit this funk. So he like strikes me out. I don't even know how, how I did. And then the next start, I faced John Gray. And John Gray has good stuff. But I'm like, okay, like he's more conventional. Strikes me out. So I'm like, I'm going to get no breaks, get traded to um, D.C., Ranger Suarez, like ground balls, obviously sinker guy. And then I faced Charlie Morton back-to-back starts, and just I had no chance. So, yeah, it was it was really, really hard. <laughs> what did you ever – I know that you, you switched over before you became professional, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so – was there every, any thought as you were sort of evolving as a player in college or whatever of this is my path? I'm I'm the, I'm a good enough position player. I'm a good pitcher, but I'm good enough position player. Was there ever that thought? Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like that. Yeah, you know, I got recruited as a shortstop mainly just because the senior shortstop um, my freshman year obviously was going to graduate. So like we want you to step in right after he graduates. So my freshman year, I backed up at short, backed up at third, and was also like a reliever. So 
I actually had a better year with the bat than I did pitching. But then my freshman year summer, you know, I was I hit 94 in the Hamptons Collegiate League. But then I come back to campus and they're like, well, we might be able to use this. So they didn't take they didn't take away the bat. So I was a starting shortstop my sophomore year and closer. So I closed out X amount of games, had a great year, really bad year at the bat. So then that was kind of like when the wheels started turning. It's like, hey, you have like a legitimate future here. I think it was hitting 95. And at a Division II school, they're like, go to the Cape Cod League, get in front of the right scouts. And when you come back your junior year, you're going to be a starter. So they just that, had a great Cape League, came back in the fall, had a conversation, and the hitting days were over. That was it. That was it. I mean, it's – we all say what Otani's doing is, in, you know, he's, I don't know if you know this, he's good. He's also oh, yeah. be, like unbelievably rich as a 56 year old. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I ask you, cause you have a better perspective than I do about what he's doing and how incredible he is. I know there's been pitchers who can hit decently. Madison Bumgarner was a good hitter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's good yeah, and, and there's guys who think they're good hitters, which you've probably seen some of those guys too, pitchers. Uh, like, oh, yeah. yeah, who so who is who am I thinking that you used to play with? Um, who was your best pay, hitting pitcher that you ever saw? Not named Otani. That you played Max Freed. Uh, oh. That I played with. Oh man. Oh no, no, it doesn't have to be who you played with. Who who are you gonna say? Max Freed. Max Freed. Okay. So he, yeah. So with Atani, what he's doing, is it just, I mean, can we get our head around this? I don't know. I mean, I, well, in fairness, he's only one for six against you. So, <laughs> not, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think the part, like, that kind of gets touched on, I think, um, Mike Trout was was quoted talking about this on I think on Mookie Betts's podcast is the preparation. You know, I will never try to draw comparisons to Division Two two A to MLB two A. Yeah, yeah. But that time management back in college was so hard, and I can only imagine him preparing for a start against legitimate, you know, all stars. And then saying, hey, I'm going to go strike out a guy. And then I'll be, you know, first up and I'll run the bases and I'll steal bases and I'll score runs. And then I'll go do it again. Like, I don't, I think that part is just so, like, mind-blowingly, like, amazing that it's just so cool to watch. Yeah, it's it's, it's that's a great way to put it. It really is. It's a great way to put it. And again, it's a good perspective because we're just like, wow, I never seen a pitter, a pitcher hit like that, or a hitter pitch like that. And we, but you know, like what it takes to prepare for each of these things. And, um, mm-hmm. have you been on Mookie's podcast? I haven't. I haven't. Let's go. Maybe next year. No, this, listen, I did 20 minutes with Mookie talking about just podcasting. And because, you know, we don't want to talk about baseball. And, <laughs> but I think that you would be great on it. I think you'd be a great podcaster. You're great here. 
Um, but one of the things he said, and this is another thing maybe you can relate to, mm-hmm. he'd said that it made him so much better doing this podcast. It made him so much better. I don't want to say as a human being, because that's not what he said, but mm-hmm. it was more of like the understanding of as a listener, um, because as a player, when you're doing an interview, right, mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is, I just... I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be cordial, but can we just end this so I can go do my day? Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas as on a podcast, like he's talking about, you got to go back and forth. You got to listen. He said he just made him become a better listener and which it was counterintuitive of what he, I've known Mookie for a while, but mm-hmm. for what, you know, he had always gone through. So yeah. Anyway, that's my way of saying you should start your own podcast, or if nothing, <laughs> Mookie's podcast. Yeah, I definitely uh, have a few people that have said like, "Hey, it'd be it'd be fun." So, in the, it'll be down the line for sure. Well, listen, if you ever want to do anything under the baseball as an umbrella, you are always welcome because you're awesome. I appreciate that. And Thank you. You're also uh, now with your with great uh, with great power comes great responsibility, and that's exactly what you have now as our 2024 pitcher breakout pitcher of the year. So yes, <laughs> well, thank you, man. And happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It should be a fun one. Uh, good to see some friends, family. Uh, obviously, Travis Scott, who you know. Yeah, tell T. Um, Scott. Tell T. Scott. I said hi. Hey, <laughs> What's going on? I will. I will. Okay. We have some good seats that, uh, like, I didn't even talk about this. So yeah, I yeah. have no connect. I have no connections with with the concert stuff. But I, I truly don't mind. I have my Ravens connection. I have my. Um, that's all I need. That is all I need. Everything else, if it comes to me, great. If not, I'm all right. All right. Well, we <laughs> have connections for t-shirts. T- yes, t-shirts and smiles. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Thank you.